0: Welcome to the Crash Landing Podcast. Hello, ladies and gents, uh, to another episode of the Crash Landing Podcast. Thank you for joining me today. And today I'm going to be going into... uh, a short, a shorter summary and just some of my thoughts from Episode 5 of The Mandalorian. Uh, originally going to do this last week, but um, it's kind of, it was pretty under the weather last week and it got pushed to this week, but it's mainly going to be about um, Episode 6 today, but just a little, just going to touch on Episode 5, uh, a little summary and just a few thoughts I had about that episode. Um, uh, first. But if we start the episode that episode uh getting right in the thick of it uh him and a being pursued in a in a space battle by we assume another bounty hunter uh wanting maybe Yoda and that was a cool exchange to start the episode but uh defeat, he defeats him but in the process gets his ship pretty badly damaged and next thing you know what do you know we end up going down to Tatooine which is a very nice uh adding a very nice touch and callback to this episode. And in the process, we see, we go along and see many familiar things, many callbacks, many Easter eggs in the process of going down to Tatooine. And he first goes to a, uh, a shop where he's greeted by a woman, uh, Pele, who's He gets to try and fix his ship, but he has to... Doesn't have quite enough money at the time, so he has to figure out a way to pay her all that she needs for the damages of his ship, which she says is thoroughly damaged. And we also get to see a cool... uh, We get to see the pit droids again, which which was pretty cool. And then you see him get to go into the same cantina as in A New Hope. You can see Mos Eisley and where they uh, fun funnily enough they uh, back when when they didn't serve droids. Now the bartender of the place is, is a droid and you and you notice it's nowhere near as populated in this as it was. And you were back in the New Hope. So the, the popularity of it has went down. or. You, you just don't see as many people in there. And there is also droids. Uh, throughout. The cantina. Which I thought was interesting. The Mando runs into a uh, character named Toro. Who kind of reminds you of a version of Han Solo. And he's even sitting in the same position. In the same spot as Han Solo. is in A New Hope. When we first meet that character. And he pretty much warns or tells the, the Mando about a, a job, him hearing he needed money. And Mando wasn't gonna take it because it was a, it was a trucking down a highly lethal um, killer in Fennec Shand. And he, Mando comes to find out this guy's Toro admits he's trying to make his way in the guild, and it's his first job. And this would be his way into making it into the guild. And then the Mando ends up helping him because he also needs he needs the money too. Because Toro says he'll he can keep all the money. He just needs the notoriety, the the credit of bringing Finnick in to m- make his way into the, the guild. So they they go up, they get some speeders they go off and then out to where supposedly Fennec Shand is and they they encounter some Tuscan Raiders in the process and it, it was a very different take on the Tuscan Raiders compared to what we have seen in the past in like in the original trilogy and uh, Attack of the Clones and it was very more civilized and they and Mando brings out you know well the Tuskens, they. They view us as the intruders, that they were here first, that this is their land. And he begins to like kind of speak and bargain with them through a a form of sign language, allowing for them to have passage through their part of the territory. And I thought that was a cool, uh, unique and evolution of the Tuscan Raiders we once knew, according to now also. So they make it past the Tuscan Raiders and their territory and then they They encounter a bounty hunter being drugged from a creature and presumably he finds out he's dead and they find out Finnick is aimed at them with a sniper from a distance so they decide to wait till nightfall and make a run at her to the speeders at nightfall alternating shots of a pretty much like a flash bane that they shoot through the sky uh, to blind the lens of her sniper temporarily and they alternately do this till they get to her and then they they capture her and realize one of the speeders is damaged in the process so they have one speeder left and so Mando has to go track down the the creature that that was roaming he's seen in the distance through his the lens. But it takes a little while to get back there because the creature's also slow. So he takes off to get that so they can all have a way back. And at that time Phoenix Shan starts to almost persuade, you know, Toro that you know, you know, don't you know there, you know, there was a a bound, or a Mandalorian that Messed up some things on Navarro and is wanted. And there, and what he's carrying is a very wanted, sought-after asset from the guild right now. And and she convinces him that he's worth that's worth way more, way more than what she would be. She almost convinces him to you know let me go, and I'll even help you. But then he he proceeds to say, now we know if I untied you, you'd kill me. And then he. Sees the shooter surprisingly. Then he take takes off on the speeder, and when Mando comes back that he he notices that she she's lying there dead. So he finally makes his way back to where his ship is, Baby Yoda and Pele, and he's he's realized what he got now, what he could have by taking Baby Yoda and then so there's a short little standoff but then long story short uh, he uses one of those similar flashbang devices and takes Toro out and saving Baby Yoda in the process Um, that was pretty much the whole the whole shebang on that episode Um, it was probably my least favorite I still liked it but it was my least favorite of the bunch so far Um, I probably rated a Uh, 6.8, I think. I still liked it, but this was very, very Easter egg egg uh, heavy. But the story, the plot didn't really get driven a whole lot in this episode. Uh, and that's why it's kind of on the lower scale to me. But I still thoroughly liked uh, going back to Tatooine and experiencing all those um, callbacks and Easter eggs in this episode. And then the one last thing on this episode was, uh, you know, the whole whole thing about who you see somebody you hear spurs and you see his boots his character walk up towards the body of Finnick Shand at the very end and then starts to lean down then it cuts to black and there's been a lot of speculation on if that was Bubba Fett because he had spurs also and it almost sounds like almost the same audio from the original trilogy of the sound of his spurs and that, uh, that might be a possibility. That would be a very interesting wrinkle in this. And it, it could also be Gene uh, Carlo Esposito's character, uh, Moff Gideon, who we've yet to see yet. Um, I think it's probably one of those two characters. Or it could be bringing somebody like Cad Bane. Um, but I'm thinking it's Gene Carlo Esposito or Boba Fett. Um, But either way, uh, we'll just have to wait and see on that note. And that's pretty much a summary of just my thoughts, quick thoughts and summary of that episode five for you. Now on to the latest episode episode six called The Prisoner. And I like this episode uh, pretty well. It was a good, great bounce back from the last episode which was my least favorite which I still liked, but was my least favorite of the bunch. And we, we had uh, Rick Famuyiwa back uh, directing this one who also directed uh, episode two in this series. And... Uh, yeah, I, I really doubted this one, it had that. He was stuck with this ragtag crew, uh, all these kind of sketchy characters having to accomplish this mission. And he uh, first goes about a, uh, an old friend, supposedly of his, to, to get this job where they have to rescue this prisoner from this New Republic ship. we have in the crew there's a twilight on the crew which is actually it goes on to kind of hint at that the twilight and him had previous relations with her and mando did which is kind of interesting there's a few little references she makes in there to their past and his past and how how brutal he once was and but him clarifying that he isn't quite the same as what he once was that you know that life they used to lead to that extent and we also had a uh, Mayfeld which played by Bill Burr the comedian uh I thought that he, his character was a little bit of a spitfire I liked it uh with some of his uh comedic timing to to the situation also liked his little his little uh, gun that would he kind of pop up on his little on his uh, shoulder. He's like, "Say hello to my little friend." Little friend he had. Yes. Also, we had the Berg played by Clancy Brown, who also played in Rebels and Clone Wars, and uh, he's a very recognizable voice. I've, he's been in a um, a ton of stuff. I realized, but I was a. Uh, it's cool incorporating him in uh, live action now that he's also been in Star Wars Rebels and the Clone Wars series, uh, with, with such a heavy influence from Dave Filoni, from those, and also on this. And also Zero, the, uh, the droid, which at first I thought was, uh, to be honest, I thought it was um, Taika Waititi again. It sounded similar to him, but it's actually uh, Richard Ayedale. From the IT crowd, uh, and I thought that was—I thought for sure it was Taika, but it. And then when I went back and listened to it a little more, it's a little different, and I could—I could hear how it was uh, Richard now, from the IT crowd, and that—that uh, that was pretty neat, how he was thrown in there on that. So yeah, they—they all get stuck on this, this mission to break out this prisoner. Before they're getting there, they have you know. They, you know, accidentally discover, uh, baby Yoda hiding. Uh, he had him tucked away in a closet and then they begin to pick him up and making all these comments about him. and he, and then I think, uh, Bill Burr, I think he said, uh, did, did you, didn't, didn't you and her make that? I think that was something he said, like, and then he goes on to question, you know, what, you know, they go on to try and the Berg, uh, tries to take off the mask and they're like what do you you know what do you that he's never took off the mask and what are you, what are you under there He's like, I think he even references yeah, the little Gungan reference he's like what are you a Gungan in there pretty sure <laughs> calling all the way back to the Phantom Menace days but, uh, and then you can tell how uneasy the Mandalorian gets when they're the Twilight and Bill Burr and them are handling Baby Yoda, and uh, Zero was driving the ship. And you know he earlier he went on to say you know how excellent of a pilot and stuff he is. But then when he's parking and when he's, he comes out of hyperspace and everything. It's so so abrupt and so clumsy, and and that results in all them kind of falling, and then Baby Yoda face planting on the ground. <laughs> Poor little guy. But then they, they get to and, uh, attached to the, the ship with the prisoner. They have, they are hired to break out. So they get on the ship and the new Republic, uh, ship. And it was pretty cool. Cause, um, they had some, a variety of, of droids, uh, watching in uh, the shit throughout, uh, I think the two different cons, but uh, those were those were pretty, uh, they were pretty cool to see those. And then I uh, got to see the Mandalorian just brutally just like take out a whole little squad of them while they're all, while the rest of the tag, ride tag crew is just watching and in awe, just like, while he's just, Tearing them apart in numerous different ways. So that was, yeah, that was pretty enjoyable to see that because you, you know, throughout the series we've seen him get his his tail handed to him a decent amount, but there he was just going off, and then this, this whole episode he just goes off. Yeah, he's he, he's just kicking tail and taking names in this episode in my opinion so they finally get to uh, the prisoner and uh, realize it was a it's the Twi'lek's brother and he had run-ins with him it seems like in the past and then they end up turning on Mando and throwing him locking him away in one of the little prison things and he even goes I thought it was cool he even goes to shoot before they close the door and then you see the blast like bouncing off the walls inside there with him I think it hits his armor too I thought that was a pretty cool little neat effect adds to the the realism of it, but I thought there was a. He later breaks out. He gets one of the droids and uh, is able to break out. Of that and then he just goes off, just one by one, and then you see the the lights in the in there go down, flashing a red, flashing red, and then he just starts to try and you think, take them out one by one, just hunting them down. Oh, and this was actually after the, they had already, before this, they had encountered the the New Republic guard, and they were, Mando was trying to say, you know, no, we don't need to kill him, you know, and then pretty much the rest of them were saying, no, we do, and while they were arguing, the Twilight just throws a some kind of blade at him and just, you know, said pretty much, you know, y'all were too much talking and, you know, I did what I needed to do there while y'all were lollygagging around. And that was before he actually got in the prison. My timeline in this, just a tad off. But then after that, after he busts out, yeah, he just tracks them down, like, all the different ones. And it really, yeah, it had a, little horror movie elements especially when he goes to approaching Bill Burr's character uh, how it's flashing and then you'd see him and then you wouldn't but it didn't just go one flash and then he's there It, it took its time with that and getting to him also another little reference was the Canto Byte slot machines reference I thought that was pretty cool even though this is even though this takes Placed before we actually, chronologically, before we we even see Canto Bite, I think Bill Burr makes reference to yeah the Canto Bite before we actually see it and hear about it in The Last Jedi. Yeah, he continues to go track them down one by one, and uh, yeah, just. He had he had a time with the berg though, um in the control room. Uh he was Berg was giving him all he got and then he ends up uh, thinking he gets him in the uh with one of the doors and then he ends up <laughs> you see the berg raise up and is pushing the door up and laughing, and then he slams the 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 other uh doors on him right after that and you see Mando see because to begin with the the New Republic Guard was threatening to you know start the tracker and before they killed him or so we think they killed him you know and then it ends up getting uh set anyway the tracker ends up getting set so that only gives him so much time before New Republic ships are arriving on site to capture them. And so they're playing against the clock after that. And then you see Mando after he's, before he's kind of, you know, after he's in the control room and he, he kind of look, you see him look at the uh, tracker and then you don't really, it pans to one of the other characters you don't really uh, know why at the moment but then after he he takes he gets the uh, the Twilight's brother the original prisoner and because he can still get the money if he takes him back so he continues to go back to the ship with with the brother in chains or handcuffs I guess you can say. But then when he goes to leave the uh, the New Republic um, prisonership you uh, realize that he didn't actually kill all the rest of that crew he just put him in a holding cell. Uh, so that's showing the how much he's changed compared to the old ways that uh, the Twilight he had a pass with you know compared to what she knew him as in the past how Brutal and just overly violent, and did not even care. And yeah, she even mentions enjoying it. He used to enjoy the violent, you know, doing all that in his darker past, but it shows how he's changed over time now. And also, forgot to mention, that was a thought that was a cool little callback to. When they're passing the the prisoner cells, you see an Ardinian uh, appearance in the prison, uh, as you see the two arms and you see two more, and then it, that kind of gives you a little hint. Uh, to, that's a callback to kind of solo the movie where you got Rio Durant, who was actually voiced also by John Favreau. Also, I thought that was pretty neat. But you, and going back to the Mando after he has the. Wilek, uh, the brother, in custody. And Zero, a while on the other hand, Zero, the, the droid they had with him, has been on the ship and he uh, encounters, goes through the data, data files and finds the uh, transmission that was sent at the time from Greef Karga, explaining about the asset and its worth and he connects the dots, and he's looking around for Baby Yoda, and then Baby Yoda's pretty much playing hide and seek with him, trying to, cause he knows he's up to no good and trying to snatch him up or kill him. And he eventually almost, he finds him, opens the door and is about to shoot. He's about to shoot and Baby Yoda starts to, you see it closes its eyes and starts to hold its hand up like it's about to use the force to destroy him or push him or pull him something and then all of a sudden you hear the blast and then baby yoda just looks at his hand he's like did i do that he's like did i do that and no he didn't it turns out the mando was right behind him with the the blasted zero to bits (laughs) but the fact that when he looks at his hand it's that's just so adorable he's like well wait a minute was that me? <laughs> <laughs> that was that's one of those another one of those moments that can be turned into memes. That I know will be turned into more Baby Yoda memes, and it just uh, I love it. And then they so Baby Yoda's safe, and then he he's going back to the to the place with the the Twilight brother in in custody, returning him to the his old old friend of his who originally hired him for this job and then you know he asked where the rest of the crew is and then Mando replies you know no questions asked and he's like you're right no questions asked and then he hands them over to him and then Mando you sees proceeds to leave and then he had he tells the guy right after that uh, you see a ship raising up inside that ship that's about to go take off and he's and he orders him to kill him But then the, the Twi'lek, uh, brother that he had just turned in, he realizes that the Mando had stuck that, that tracker, that New Republic tracker on him. And on that, on that station, they were, they were currently at. And as the Mando's leaving, you see, I think three, yeah, three New Republic, I think, uh, X, I think x wings. I'm trying to remember. Uh, Approach from hyperspace. And you see them coming out, getting ready to fire on, on that ship. So I thought that was pretty nifty how he planted that tracker on them. And the timing was just about perfect as far as when he, by the time he got there and planted it on him and then left there in order for them, only them to be on there and him to be clear of Clear of the the blast, and I thought that was pretty. That was pretty, pretty, pretty dope. I think very nifty move on Mando's part. And also the, one of the last little things: the cameos it was three cameos in the uh, for the uh, for the pilots, the New Republic pilots that approached the ship. It was uh, Dave Filoni, Deborah Chow, and Rick Famuyua, uh the three directors that's been a part of this. Uh, Series and season so far, uh, and I thought that was that was pretty pretty awesome too. And uh, but yeah, I liked it. I liked this episode a lot. It was a it was a great turnaround from the last episode, in my opinion, as far as just overall. Which I liked the last episode, but it this one uh, there was a little more driving behind it, I think. And this was episode six, so that means we got two more. And um, I'm thinking these last two are going to be a little more connected because Dave Filoni, as far as in the animated stuff, his seems like the last two episodes and or around the finale period um, is pretty. His finale, they're pretty, pretty good in my opinion. So I think these last two are going to be a little more interconnected than some of the other ones so far. Um, I think in this next episode we'll... I'm thinking we're either going to see, I think we'll see, uh, Moff Gideon, Gene Carlo Esposito's character, possibly. I'm thinking he's, cause I'm pretty sure I'm thinking he's the guy from episode five at the end with the boots and the spurs, but they still could be saying that's, you know, Boba Fett. Cause that sounded just like it. Even almost the same audio pulled from the original trilogy of him. But I think it's one of those two, like I said, but, um, we will have to wait to see, and I think also, you know, I'm pretty positive Cara Dune's coming back either in this episode or the, this next one or episode eight, but I'm thinking she'll be back in this one somehow too because we've seen footage, commercials that didn't take place in episode four that she was in, so I'm pretty sure she's coming back in some way or, or form. So I'm, I'm, I'm stoked for the, what's the last two episodes that's to come because... Uh, Episode seven will get, and not long at all because that one is bumped up to Wednesday instead of Friday because of the rise of Skywalker. But uh, real quick, my rating for this episode—it was—I'm uh, gonna give it about eight point three. I think it, uh, it was one of my favorites out of the bunch. Um, and yeah, it was uh, Rick Family did a did a great job, I think, with it. And the next episode is directed by Deborah Chow, too. And that's my favorite episode so far, which was episode three. So that's I think see, there's going to be a lot of a lot going on. I think like these last episodes, I said to these last two episodes, are, I think really gonna be a little more interconnected leading up to the, and this one leading up to the finale. Uh, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be really good. Uh, good, a lot of stuff to look forward to. From the Mandalorian, and also, I'm sorry, but lately I've just been uh, so absorbed in all the Rise of Skywalker and the anticipation and everything leading up to that. And uh, actually, the premiere, the world premiere, is tonight, actually in L. A. And I'm gonna, I'm about to watch the the red carpet or blue carpet, depending on if they use the color from the kind of the logo of the Rise of Skywalker. Um, either way, I'm going to be watching that tonight and, uh, then we can hear first reactions from later on tonight. And, uh, so that's what I will be doing. Um, and hopefully should be tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to try to make a, it's going to be a bigger, uh, podcast about, um, just, uh, anticipation and hype towards, uh. The Rise of Skywalker and some of the things I might like to see or I that I think we might see or just just uh, my thoughts on just uh, what's to come and uh the anticipation of it uh of it all and I'm just super stoked and just gonna flesh out some of my thoughts on uh looking back on what we've had and what might could be in this uh, conclusion to the Skywalker saga itself. I wanna thank everybody for tuning in and uh, reviewing um, episode five and six in a kind of a conjoined little segment here. Uh, Thank you again and hope you have a wonderful day. Ta-ta for now.